You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Jesus is always tender. Jesus is always welcoming when we are hurt by people. He's always there waiting, you know, to put a healing balm on that wound and say, I'm so sorry that that happened. I'm here with you. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We are continuing our Summer Through Mark series. Today, we're going to be talking about Mark 7 and 8. And I'm joined by two friends. First, we have lead pastor Jose Avaroa with us. And we're joined by prayer pastor Rhonda Patterson. I said pasta, and then we had to cut it. So we are yeah, rolling. She's not, a, she's not pasta. She's a pastor. <laughs> Thanks, both of y'all, for joining. I'm excited about this conversation. Jose, I'd love to give you the first word as you kind of unpack this message and prepared for these two chapters. Uh, you kind of get to pick any of the passages right. to pull from. So right. kind of, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you picked these two and just kind of what your thoughts were as you prepared. Yeah, I knew that deny ourselves, take up our cross and following me was going to be mm-hmm. in the message um, and focusing on that scene, but I couldn't stop going back to the Syrophoenician woman. And so it clicked, um, yeah, around Friday when I realized this is exactly uh, how we are called to deny ourselves, follow Jesus and, and take up our cross. She, she put on a clinic and so... Um, that story really, really stood out to me. I did some research and, and still didn't even touch the surface on Sunday about the significance of her story and encounter with Jesus. So I would say that's, yeah, that's some of the background. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive in. Let's talk about her in particular, just this woman and the story. And I love, Jose, you mentioned kind of just the attributes that she displayed and kind of drawing those out about her persistence, her humility, and just even her discernment as she knew who Jesus was as the Messiah. And so uh, there's a lot we could unpack. I want to start maybe just with that posture of humility and how I'd love to even bring Rhonda, you in on this question about as you've been following the Lord for a while, how do you kind of maintain that humble posture? How do both of y'all keep that posture as you both have been in the word, you have been living with Christ uh, for a lot of your life now. And so kind of how does that, how do you kind of keep that at the forefront of your mind when there's so many uh, facts that you know about the Bible, there's so many things you've seen God do, how do you kind of remain humble just like this woman did as she approached Jesus? As you ask that question, the fear of the Lord came to mind. Mm -hmm. And we don't read the words Mm -hmm. fear of the Lord in in her posture towards Jesus, but she obviously knew that he had the power to to heal. And then she was willing to be, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, compared to a dog in this encounter. And that is a humble posture. And I think about, uh, I think it's Proverbs when it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so fear of the Lord is what comes to mind personally when I really stop and think of who Jesus is and what he's called us to not only be in relationship with him, but also how he's using us for his eternal purposes, it does strike this reverence. That's how I would define fear of the Lord simply is just this reverence that God, the holy God who created the universe also knows us personally and wants to use us for his uh, purposes. Absolutely. I um, was struck by her as well that her her reverence, her humility towards God was what made her able to, to stay, to stick, to keep pressing in for what she so desperately wanted. And uh, I 
it makes breaks my heart a little bit that myself included, but so many times we take offense to things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was called a dog. Uh, but we take offense to things that sometimes um, imperfect, we're imperfect people. Jesus, this was Jesus, but we interact with imperfect people all the time within the church, outside the church. And, but specifically within the church, when we get hurt, um, we have choices to make at that point. And um, tragically, sometimes people pull away or pull out or God takes the rap for something unintended and relationship and fellowship is broken. And so I, I, that's what it made me think of yesterday as you were speaking was the times um, that I've experienced it, uh, walked in it, or watched it. And I think humility is the place that, where we just have to choose to, to stay the course and press in with the Lord in humility, recognizing that we are imperfect. We don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I love how she didn't care. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter how that reference, she didn't pull back from that. She just stayed humble and pressed in yeah. and received her reward. <laughs> so Totally. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that brings to mind with what you just shared is that 80% of our communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So we're not there in the scene of how Jesus is speaking to her, True. but there was something that mm-hmm. allowed her to be persistent. And so in the same way that we can see the you know, truth side of this, the the, the harshness. Um, as we read it, we're not we're not there, but Jesus is always tender. Jesus mm-hmm. is always That's welcoming true. when we are hurt mm-hmm. by people. Mm-hmm. He's always there waiting, you know, to put a healing balm on that wound right. and say, I'm so sorry that that happened. I'm here with you. And that's a it's a really mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really hard thing. It mm-hmm. breaks my heart too. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's really good. What about something I noticed that not only in in this woman's uh, story and encounter with Jesus, but even just throughout Mark as we read in these miracles is the faith that people have to really ask Jesus for big things. Like I think about when I read it from a church context, I'm like, oh yeah, Jesus healed this person. Jesus raised him from the dead. Like, yeah, that that's he, he does that. That's Jesus. But for not realizing that in these people's shoes, they are having faith knowing that you know, they're asking big things that they have maybe never even seen before. Most of these people had seen him mm-hmm. heal. They may have heard stories, but they have never seen themselves. So just this concept of big prayers. And Jose, you mentioned a little bit of that too in your message. So Rhonda, I'm glad that you're here because <laughs> I'd love for you to kind of maybe speak to that as far as well, how is, is praying big prayers important in our spiritual walks? And then maybe just kind of what what ways can we enter into that just uh, regardless of where we kind of feel mm-hmm. like we're at with God? I think... Mostly it's, it's being honest and real before God. And sometimes our faith is very small and sometimes we feel big and strong in our faith. And But regardless, just being transparent with Him and open with where we are, but He wants us to have hope. And, and He wants us to always have hope and always ask at trusting Him with outcomes and and also knowing that even when we don't get the outcome that we would like necessarily, 
he's there for that too. He's he's there to come in and speak to us on the backside of that. But he wants us to have hope and dream for big things. So, yeah. Yeah, the persistence is what gets Mm -hmm. me because I can, you know, pray big prayers. But the question is, how long am I willing to pray? And um, I think about my kids, maybe specifically, how that's a long time mm-hmm. of prayer for for my children of, yes, same things. And, and I can get tired of praying. I'm just being honest <laughs> of, of every day praying for, for the same things, but how important it is to pray the big prayers and to continue to cast uh, my desires up to the Lord and say, God, your will be done in, in their life. Um, but as a dad, I, I want what's best for what I believe is best for my children and what God wants uh, for them as well. And so um, the, the persistence is what I think we lack sometimes. I can get excited when I'm praying with other people, but it's mm-hmm. those quiet times when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. How often do I, do I actually pray, pray those big prayers? Yeah, that's really good. And then one last question on on this encounter before moving on, we'll come back to it too. But just this concept of her being an outsider, because uh, you kind of explained, broke down the context, Jose, just in your message about that uh, and just how that's important to catch in the relation to how Jesus is talking to her and all that. But um, but there's so many parallels you could pull from that as far as she had persistence despite being an outsider and knowing she was an outsider. So maybe what kind of encouragement would y'all have for someone that, and Jose, you kind of mentioned it even in the room, how some people may feel like mm-hmm. they're an outsider. They may be at church or they may have been online watching because there's no way they could step foot in church. So for someone that's feeling just an outsider based on either maybe something they've done or just kind of where they feel like they're at with the Lord, what are what are some ways in which y'all have um, either seen personally or what would you encourage someone that's kind of feeling on the outside looking in? Yeah, her faith is what Jesus spoke to and that's personal. And she was speaking to Jesus himself. And so I would encourage um, everyone. I mean, I, I remember doing this. Yes, church was a big part of my life, but my relationship with Jesus really came first. That was the most important. That was where where my uh, faith was the most real in, in my personal relationship. And church and community group and everything that we do is uh, an important, crucial add-on according to how God calls us to live life here on earth. Uh, But that personal relationship is huge. So I was super encouraged after the 1030 gathering, a lady came up to me afterwards and told me, "I, I, this is, you know, one of the few times I've been to church, I'm not very comfortable here, but I've enjoyed was her word worship. And I enjoyed hearing the word explained. I told her she made my day. You know, she said, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe never be one of those people that lifts their hands in worship. And I did tell her, be careful what you say never to, because I was that guy too, that said, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Well, when you surrender to Jesus um, and make that decision, you lose control of your life. And so, um, anyway, back to your, you know, question. I love how the depth of this short encounter, how much it teaches us about Jesus, his love for the outsider, the outcast. I uh, think of the Samaritan woman as well, the Roman centurion who he said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. You know, when his, uh, I think son was sick mm-hmm. and he said, hey, I'm a leader. You're a leader. Don't come to my house. Just say the word. And I trust, I have faith that my son will be healed. And Jesus said, yes, that's how it works. I say, and then it, mm-hmm. it comes to pass. So anyway, 
being real in our faith, I think, yeah. is, is what's most yeah. important. I think um, anyone listening to this that would be considered an outsider or feel like they're an outsider, I would just say let your hunger for the things of God drive you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't let anything else hinder or hold you back from pressing in, even if it's scary or hard or you feel unworthy or undeserving or uncomfortable, um, just come, be hungry for him. Let that that fuel you to, to go for it. And for those of us in the Lord that have walked with him a long time is being aware of those, being aware that, that every Sunday there are people here that maybe it's their first time ever or in years to set foot in church and they feel awkward and shy and and all. And so just uh, asking the Lord to to show you the one that he wants you to reach out to or or whether it's here at church or grocery store yep. or anywhere. So yep. yeah, that's so good. Okay, so let's jump into the next section here. Mm-hmm. The turning point, as you called it, Jose, and just the or the plot twist uh, that came as the disciples are are talking, answering this question that Jesus asked, "Who do you say that I am?" And uh, again, I can. There's so many things we could pull from in this section, but I think one of the first things I want to ask y'all, as far as uh, Jose, at the end, you kind of asked just to take a moment and say, "Who do you say that Jesus is?" You know, today or just this week. Mm-hmm. And of course, in church, you're like, "Oh, it's Jesus; he's yeah. the Messiah." But yeah. I loved how you pulled out just even the things that we're concerned about, or the 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 things that we focus on and prioritize dictate that answer. And so, uh, I'd love to kind of ask both of y'all, uh, maybe. I don't know how to phrase this, but as far as who has Jesus been to you maybe in the past or kind of when did that click for you that that Jesus really is the Messiah and uh, both maybe on the front side, but then also just as you live because, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy is constantly trying to get us to redefine who mm-hmm. Jesus is and our actions and our our mindsets. And so how do you keep keeping that definition of who he is in your mind? Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I remember at Encounter, I was 18 or 19 and watching the passion. I've watched parts of that movie before, but not in this context. Mm-hmm. Not when we just talked about a, a bunch of sin areas that were asking Jesus for forgiveness, personal mm-hmm. issues, not just, you know, big issues. We're, we're, we're engaging in this work of confessing and receiving forgiveness. Um, and it hit me through the movie, watching Jesus and and what he suffered. Um, and it was not only personal, but it broke my heart because I realized that he died for the world, Mm -hmm. truly for every person. And it it was a feeling in the moment. I, I don't always respond with emotion, but at that time it was very emotional and he became savior. I mean, I, I realized, wow, you did come indeed to save us from these chains that our sins entangle us in. And I, I would say, Taylor, that it's been a process of making him Lord over every area of my life. That is how I spend my mornings, how I spend my um, you know, daily tasks, how I think think about certain things, how I see my relationships, how I respond to conflict and tension. Um, And ultimately the purpose of my life is it to, you know, make sure that I have a good life and, and do great things here on earth, or is it to 
propel the name of Jesus and, and live for him and give him all the glory. Those are big vision pieces, but they're daily. They happen in the daily happenings of, of, of life. So um, I'm learning and I'm growing in that. Me too. <laughs> Me all too. Three. Yes, yes. Um, and I know I've shared it before, but just uh, I will gladly share it again that, you know, knowing Jesus as Savior, as nine years old, recognition of sin in my life. I had stolen something that my mom said she no to at the grocery yeah. store and uh, got home and just, you know, it the recognition of what I'd done and Jesus, that revelation of what he did for me. I had grown up in the church, but that's when I knew him as Savior. Now, I walked many years without him being Lord and Master. And I think for me, just beginning to grow in that knowledge of him being Lord of everything in my life. And we are spirit, soul, and body. And as a believer, we can walk in a fully just led by our body, by our carnal mind um, daily. Uh, we quench his spirit and we don't think we hear from him. Mm-hmm. We do hear from him. Right. If we're his child, we hear from him. And so he wants what's best for us. It's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the road is narrow. So sometimes the choices we have to make are harder. But walk, welcome him, welcoming him into every avenue of my life is, you know, it's freeing to give him permission to lead and and also um, not successful at it every day, still growing in it every day, still have areas of struggle that I don't want to fully give over to him, which is ridiculous <laughs> because he wants the very best for us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but that's where it's found is, is inviting him into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love y'all's posture of humility and vulnerability because I think many people could say, oh, y'all are pastors. You, you've got this all figured out. This is this is your job. <laughs> so I love that y'all both uh, sharing that and just the journey yeah. on it. Yeah. So Jesus responds kind of, he shares about uh, not only that he is the Messiah, but then he kind of, the plot twist comes when the disciples are expecting him to kind of have this grand plan. They're going to be a part of this new kingdom on earth and they're going to reign with him. And yet... That's not what he shared with them. And so he instead shared that for them to basically deny themselves, take up their cross and Mm -hmm. follow Jesus. And so um, this kind of gives us a game plan as far as the way. And so Mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of take each of these three and unpack them with y'all. And Jose, I loved what you did about both explaining what it would look like for each of these, as well as what is the message the world is giving us? Because the world is giving us messages for each of these three points. And so the first one is deny yourself and self-sacrifice, laying down my concerns, my pride. We were just talking about that. Y'all saying just each area of your life and surrendering that. Whereas the world is telling us to gratify every sense or desire that we have. And just, if you want it, go for it. And so how do you navigate a world that is constantly surrounding us with just, you know, trying to get instant gratification or just trying to mm-hmm. seek uh, fulfillment and all these things? How do, you, how do you navigate that? And what would your advice be to someone who is just stuck in that whole world like we all are? 
Yeah, I'm going to uh, take a point from the second thing. Take out my cross. I talked about self-awareness. And I think being aware mm-hmm. that those are your desires is the first step. And then awareness that you have a choice. And so I, I could surrender those thoughts and surrender those desires to Jesus and, and, and take those thoughts captive and make them obedient mm-hmm. to him. Or... I could live the way that I want to live. I can respond to um, circumstances, relationships, the way that I want to. And the beautiful part of this, and I didn't talk much about this um, yesterday, but it's super important, is that when we surrender, we then allow him to work. And we hear what you just said, Rhonda, him speaking to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through thought, through other people, through circumstance. And that's what makes this life so exciting. It's not easy. It's it's tough, and and I can think of so many um, examples right now in my life where where they've been incredibly difficult. But it's obvious there's peace on one side, and that's following Jesus. And then there's strife, and then there's this desire to want to manipulate and control certain things. That's my flesh. This sense of vindictive vindictive and revenge and, you know, I just want justice and, and yeah, ultimate justice went to the cross and we don't deserve that type of justice that Jesus gave up to us. So, so I know I, I, you know, bled into the others, but that's, you know, talking about it today here with y'all, that's, that's what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the word, <laughs> the word is, that's how, how for me, um, that's how I stay grounded is, is being in and knowing the word. Uh, there is an answer for everything yeah. under heaven in God's word. Sometimes we can think there's not because this, our, the world we live in today is so different, but it's all there. Everything's there. And so it does take a willingness to submit something to him to go to him, to go to the word and look for that answer. Um, things like self-love and caring for yourself, and they sound really good. Um, but when you get down to it, what is it, what is it that, that's being spoken? And does it align with what God says about it? And if it does, then great, you're on the right track. But if it doesn't, is are you willing to then surrender it and submit it to him? And then walking in that fullness of your spirit, you're being led by the spirit rather than your flesh. So you'll have victory, but it's a choice. He always gives us that choice and it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, and I I would um, say that is so Right on, Rhonda. I was thinking about what I just shared about having an emotional experience connected with a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. and how our emotions can lead us Mm -hmm. to the Lord. Absolutely. They can also lead us away from the Lord Mm -hmm. if we don't allow uh, time to take place and, and have the right. I mean, it's really difficult because you know, because we are, we live in this broken world, we bring a lot. So anyway, I don't want to open up this whole thing. I know we're <laughs> closing the, the podcast here, but yeah. denying ourselves means that there's someone else looking out for uh-huh. us. Uh-huh. So God wants what's best. If we submit our lives, then we, we, we will be okay. He will provide, he will take care of he us. Will. 
the entire stuff. And he's not the author of confusion. So if you're confused on something, if you're really wrestling, um, he will give you peace, but go to him, go to him with it. Mm -hmm. And, and he'll, he'll speak to you on it. You can trust him. That's good. Y'all basically hit all three uh, (laughs) because the last one, I'm just looking at follow Jesus and the selfless living and it's persistently following him as a Lord of your life versus the world, which is saying live selfishly and follow your heart. So Mm -hmm. I feel like just both of y'all answering that. That's so good. Yeah. And I think uh, looking at this now, I really love how Jesus first says, I must suffer Mm. and I must die. And then he says, now, if anyone wants to come after me, Mm -hmm. deny yourself, take up your cross and and follow me. But he, you know, we can quickly make this a a checklist. Well, did I deny myself today? Am I aware of my Mm -hmm. sin? Did I make him Lord of my life? Right. Right. Um, But if that's the focus, we're going to miss out on the gospel message, which is that he suffered and he gave up his life for us. That's where agape love comes from. And that's the hope of the world. That's what changes um, relationships, breaks generational patterns, and brings us clarity and hope in a world full of confusion and, and darkness. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.